This is VC Projects Podcast, and today my guest is Shane Gafog, who is an American artist who looks through the lens of humanity at civilizations, both past and present, and views times as threads that connect all people. His work is a visual language that is informed by the spiritualism of abstraction and the realism of the old masters. These two ideas are usually seen as separate, but Gifog pieces them seamlessly into works that transcend and become testaments to thoughts that inform us of who we are in the 21st century. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, how are you? Spirituality, spiritualism. <laughs> spiritualism, spirituality, the spirit, the unseen. Yes, the invisible. So today um, I'm in Los Angeles and you're in Strathmore at your ranch studio. Correct. Hiding and out, yes. Working, working away. We've got lots of projects going yeah. Um, one thing, the reason why we're doing this podcast today is because we're opening a new exhibition for you, um, and it's called Shingu, and it's uh, large to medium-sized works on paper. It's going to be on display in the Blue Room, and this is during Freeze LA. Um, the opening is on February 18th from 12 to 4. There'll be a piano recital by um, Anthony Cardella of some impressionist piano music that is very apropos for this exhibition. That starts um, at two o'clock. Starts at two o'clock. Two o'clock sharp. Two o'clock sharp. And um, he, Tony, will be bringing a grand, grand piano into the installation space. And we're going to talk a little bit about that more. But this is um, something, this is a series that I've always admired of yours called Shingu. Um, where two rivers meet. I know you're going to explain a lot more about it. Okay. And it was started in 2009 in Strathmore, um, the same weekend that you began the Still Point series. So let's begin. Correct. Yes. I, um, yeah, I came up here. There were some things going on in my personal life that I'm not going to bore people with. But so I came up here to retreat. And I only had one canvas to work on. And so it was a five foot by five foot canvas. So once I covered that with paint, it needed to dry. So I was really in the mood to keep creating. And I realized that I had some rolls of paper, 42 inches wide, um, that I had bought when I was 18. And so I got them out and I rolled them, excuse me, onto the ground. And I thought, well, what should I do with these? And <clears throat> I had some bottles of Sumi ink lying around and I just started splashing the ink and with water and a brush and just to see what kind of accidents could happen. Um, and I wanted that moment of chaos in front of me. And then once it dried, then I went and I had patches of white, the white paper showing through. So it was as if the black is it's almost like a subject, right? It's black. It's an object because it's this dark space. But now you have, it's ripped open in certain areas where the white's coming through. So I just took a piece of white uh, soft pastel and started drawing just kind of randomly, subconsciously making these marks. And as they crossed over the white, they disappeared. 
and it was really fascinating for me. And I thought, man, um, it's I'm playing with time and space, you know, on a very two dimensional surface of light and dark. So the idea of one reality being ripped apart and another reality coming through and at that moment everything disappears was fascinating to me and it was kind of parallel to what was going on in my personal life so i think that's why that series that i started making those pieces you know and it was very 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 autobiographical Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the still points were my need to to find my still to to get set recentered again Mm-hmm. So Shingu was about this massive um, interruption, this massive, well, and the, and the title of the word, it's, it's where at the mouth of the Amazon where a bunch of small streams feed into the Amazon River and it just explodes into this great river at that, at that part, that place. And, um, and the title came to me from Pat Ponte and Pat used to be work for Ed Rocher and back in the day, Paul Rocher would photograph my work for me. And then he would always print out little labels for my slides back when we had slides. And so he'd ask me what the what the titles were. And I'd be like, untitled, number, blah, blah, blah. And he got to the point, he said, I am sick and tired of your untitled. Yeah. It's time you start titling these things. And I just was drawing a blank. And the three of us went to lunch, me and Pat and Paul. And Pat had really started um, dipping into Edith Wharton. There was a book of short stories, and one of them was titled Shingu. And, and it, was a, it was just said over and over and over again. And so she put together a list of exotic words that she felt would be of interest to me. And so once I then started reading these Edith Wharton books and realizing what these words meant and where they they came from then that's when I started incorporating them into my work so I needed a little helping hand at the time yeah yeah what what I what I really think I'm just going to jump in there the Prokofiev and I can't even say it Prokofiev Takata that Tony is playing I never heard anything like that yeah. And it was premiered in 1916. Tony wrote these notes for me. That piece, and it's, it was written like pre-war industrialism about the tension throughout Europe leading to the explosive war. Um, the tearing know, apart of, of civilization. You know, and I, I think maybe that's why so that, that music is a, is about the unraveling of something, the tearing apart of something, and the separation between the old and the new, and and how music can can create this emotional state. Um, and you know, and when Tony started looking at, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when Tony started looking at these pieces, he immediately gravitated towards that music, which I find fascinating. He had no nobody told him to do that. He just, I know. I remember showing him the image and he goes, it's like a light went off. Yeah. Or like, you know, whatever. And and he just said, I have the perfect piece. And he just, he pulled it up on YouTube and he goes, I have to play this. I haven't played it in a really long time. It's really difficult. It's going to take me 
you know, some months to, to, to memorize it again. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> his, his notes say there's a sense of anxiety and tension in this piece, which is present from the very beginning before it swells and explodes throughout the work. Mm. That, that is like Shingu in the rivers as well. It is. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, it's art imitating life, imitating art. Yeah, and and again, the you know the blackness of these the Sumi ink that I would use and Indian ink as well, and these new ones I I used um, some Indian ink because it has a different um, opacity to it. The the Sumi ink can be a little um, translucent, you know, and especially when I water it down, then I get different gradations of grays and sort of bluish grays. But Indian ink. Um, I really was throwing it on there and it and I let it sit for days and just kind of hardened up. So I got these these it's almost like a skin mm -hmm. parts of these drawings now, which is it's really interesting for me. Then the soft pastel got stuck in it, gets caught in it. Mm -hmm. And and so it be, creates another further tension between um light and dark. Excellent. One of the other pieces that Tony um, selected was a sonata fantasia fantasy. It's a piano sonata number two by Alexander Scraven. He actually has synesthesia like you do. Mm -hmm. And again, I thought that was an interesting compliment to that piece. Um, it's it's really interesting. Let's just talk before we, we get dive a little deeper into um Shingu series. Let's talk about, you know, Tony came along and we sort of welcomed him in and he just really likes to be a part of the exhibitions and is just as inspired as we are um, creating them and just feels like the music component really should be there. And in this case, you wanted the piano in the middle of the installation. Let me hear your thoughts about the relationship between you and Tony and, and the music and the art and moving forward. Um, okay. Well, you know, when we first met Tony, he was very quiet and he was playing for Shuka, the opera singer. Um, but, you know, we could see that he was very gifted. And then um, he came back around and the more I watched him play, you know, I was just in awe of him playing. And you realize, I realized that, you know, he's gifted. He's not talented. He's gifted. And he's, he's one of a handful of people that can perform music like that. And he does it with, as he says, you know, when he's teaching, um, in order to help his students understand the emotions of how they should play a certain note, he'll take colored pencils and put red over over one note or section, and blue over another section, so that they emotionally start feeling the notes. And I thought that was really amazing. Um, I'm very inspired by his focus, his his talent, his gift, and to for me to see my work in the midst of his playing it's really inspiring for me 
-hmm. in a big, big way. And it makes me think of, you know, more and more projects that I'd like to do, things that we can explore, um, you know, which I won't get into right now, but that's, we'll save that for another time. But it's just, um, <clears throat> you know, and he's 26 years old. And so he's, he's, he's young, he's got an extremely bright future, you know, and he told us a story when he first came to LA and it was not easy for him and things just weren't working and he, he didn't get along with his teacher and, you know, he almost quit. It was just too much. Emotionally, it was too much. And Los Angeles can be a very, very hard city to live in. I think it's harder now than it's ever been, quite frankly. I used to think that about New York. It's like, you know, New York is a hard city to live in. I think LA is even harder now, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and it's just hard to navigate. And it doesn't have the, the synergy, the creative synergy that it had 10 years ago, mm -hmm. in my mind. Um, you know, maybe it's just me getting older. I'm not out there as much, but at or 15 years ago, but it's, um, so he comes at it from a different perspective and the way he plays, he just embodies the music and the way I paint, I think is, is very similar to that. You know, um, each brushstroke is an extension of my own physicality mm -hmm. and, as I'm working on these pieces, you know, I, uh, for me, they're always, always autobiographical. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as things start to emerge and images start to appear in the paintings, then it's almost as if I'm conjuring up emotions, but not real, emo I'm not emotion, but memories but not, and, and emotions, but it's not like emotion of sadness or anything like that. It's more sensorial, you know, it's like, my body recognizes an emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, in the music that he's chosen and the Impressionism, to me, Impressionism is about, you know, for the painters, it was capturing an impression of a moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that with music, it's capturing a sensorial impression mm -hmm. of an emotional moment. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, my work is is halfway between both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, going into an exhibition or an installation of your work is enough. You know, it's enough. It's not like, I never envisioned bringing a pianist in to fill the space. It's not about that. I, I really want people to know it's not about that. It's, it's a kind of an experience that organically happened and it's evolving. And it, it just continues the moment. You often do listen to music while you're painting. It's not music with words or anything like that. And just the collaboration of Tony's curated pieces, it's just extends, I feel like it extends that moment, that experience, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. no, it's not necessary. We're not doing this to, bring people in we're not doing this to create a spectacle we're doing it because it just makes sense well and it's it's all about the act of being and being human and you know we have five senses and what are these five senses for is so that we are aware of each moment that we're living in that we're experiencing and music is a big part of that so when i'm in my studio painting you know i mean it's the tunes that he chose the musical pieces 
Um, when I got the list, I started listening to them and I was familiar with all of them. And, and I have, I've painted to all of them mm -hmm. throughout the years, but you know, he chose them for a different reason than what I, how the reasons I listened to them. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Johnny Greenwood, you know, who's a guitarist for Radiohead, but he's doing these amazing soundtracks for film, film scores. Um, and they're very abstract emotional landscapes that he's doing, which is very similar to, you know, the music that Tony's going to play. They're emotional landscapes, mm -hmm. soundscapes. And that one composer, I don't remember his name, but he lost his daughter, you know, and as he's playing, it starts off with these minor keys. And then the composer remembers the good times. And so then some major keys start to come in. And yeah, then he starts interweaving these minor and major keys. And it's really profound, you know, and it's about the composer's memories and the emotions that come with those memories, transcribing that through music. And that then, you know, is about how we share the human experience yeah. of happiness and sorrow and, and joy and everything else that we all go through. It's called In the Mist. In the Mist, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Yeah. And wow. it's, you know, and it's sad and it's, it's profound. And it, you know, when he was playing it uh, the last week in my studio there, it took me on a journey. Mm -hmm. you know an emotional journey mm -hmm. and then I start you know we we had those paintings up in there and I'm looking at the paintings while I'm listening to him play and it was like you know I'm seeing my paintings differently now yeah because of that music yeah so you know that's that's it's an amazing thing and then also let me just add we had that one moment where Tony asked me what color is this blue and I you know he was just curious I said f major he said, what color is this? I said, D minor. What color is that? That color right there. I said, E minor. And he sat down and started composing on the spot. Mm -hmm. and, and what he composed was like spot on with the emotions of that painting. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was such a magical moment. Mm -hmm. And we remember, I, we all looked at each other. There was a group of us in the studio. We all looked at each other like, whoa. Yeah, there did. it is. We couldn't believe it. No, it was it was deep. So yeah. you know, for me to find somebody like Tony that, you know, he he gets my work, I get what he his work, and so we can collaborate in ways that I hadn't really imagined before, and that to me is really exciting. You know, and I've played piano since I was eighteen, but I I didn't really get past Hey Jude, you know, and using parallel octaves for the bass line. Um, sadly. Um, I wish I was a better pianist, but I'm not. And I do enjoy sitting down at the piano and I do play the guitar. But you know, that's it's a passion of mine. It's not my main form of expression. Right. So I, re I really appreciate when somebody like Tony comes along. Like, mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, me too. So, so the space, the Blue Room, it's going to be a bit of an installation. Yeah. With the Shingu series, at, at first we thought it would also incorporate the crossings, but I think it's all going to be Shingu. Shingu, yeah, that's and, enough. And um, I mean, you know, there's always been a time where art and music is is a marriage. It's I think there's been a 
for me, I think there's been a bit of a detour in the last 10 years. And I, I, right now, there seems like there's a collective of wanting to bring that back again. Yeah, I've, I'm seeing a lot of that on social media. Yeah. And so not only is Tony and his grand piano going to be in the exhibition space, but I've asked you to bring some of the plant life from from the ranch because those the shingu for me is about nature it is about all the things we can't control in nature mm -hmm. it is about just order order and chaos um and i sort of felt like i wanted to be reminded by the plant life because i don't know i think about like your work has nothing to do with this, but we've talked about this before, Jackson Pollock and his inspiration from the landscape. Mm -hmm. And so I just have this idea that the Shingo, even though it's about rivers, it is inspired by landscape. Oh, sure. Well, and also my inner landscape. And then we say the rivers as in, as in the Amazon River, but that's just... That's a starting point. That's a title. And, and yes, it, it does represent a, a specific place. But for me, I'm not thinking, I haven't even looked up what that area looks like. I don't want to know what it looks like. I want to imagine sensorily what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. I want to imagine what that energy is like of water all coming together. And, you know, I'm, and maybe one day I'll go there, who knows, but, and so, you know, as you're looking through the black Sumi ink and the Indian ink, you see these, these um, rips of white coming through. It's also very similar to in the middle of summer, you know, and I go out and sit underneath the tree and look up and the branches and the leaves and you see patches of blue coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's very, has a very similar thing dynamic like that for me and the vegetation that i'm bringing up first i was going to bring up this um fig tree fig tree is old and it's i've been getting figs off of it for many 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 years and i love figs in the morning in the summertime with some yogurt it's just amazing but um some woodpeckers got in it made the interior its home and i think it's also very very old and so this this last few months ago it just gave its last breath and the roots were gone. And so I was like, just it's, it's quite large. But so I was going to bring a portion of that, but then there's a eucalyptus tree out back that got struck by lightning a couple of years ago. And the top part of this branch uh, um, that got struck by lightning in a big windstorm about a month ago, just snapped off wow. and, and it's laying out there um and so i thought well that's even cooler you know something about that and that that wood being zapped by lightning and it's charred and it's burnt and yeah so that's what i'm bringing i don't know how it's gonna exist in that room i won't know until i know yeah we'll we'll figure that out yeah so, so just some like technical questions um you know you've described shingu you've described the material of it You've described the technique of it. Let's talk about the color. It's black and white. You've got the, the soft charcoal on top. Um, and that's got a linear 
line within it, you know, it, it reads its own sort of language within the light and the dark and the positive and negative space. Yeah. But why do you feel, what, what is your intuitive thought that this Shingu has to be black and white? Um, well, to begin with, the first time I used the title was for a seven foot by seven foot painting that was all reds and it was an intense red um and it was from the flight pattern series back in 1989 or 90 or 91 somewhere there and that's the first time i used it <clears throat> and then um it was in let's see 2009 when i resurrected the title again because of this um transformation my my life was going through you know and and it seemed as if i needed to see things in black and white i didn't need to see color at that time and the first still point painting was also black and white i just wanted to reduce everything down to something that was very straightforward something that was i could try to make sense out of you know there's nuances per se um, that you can do with color, although there's a lot of nuance with grays, but I think it was just a personal choice um, as, you know, my life was shifting, you know, and it was 2009, the world economy had collapsed and I was closing down Pharmaca um, and, you know, my home life was, was unraveling very quickly and I, big changes were happening and it was literally as if, things have become very black and white. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it's, it's autobiographical for me. Um, but I think that there's something very powerful with black and, and with white. And so I came back to it again, you know, just recently, um, and, and having, and, and, and I, and I tell you what, what's that? Why? Well, you know, because that Google memory thing, you know, every morning I get this crazy email saying, hey, this is what you were doing five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And you see these images and it's like, oh, God, I forgot about that. And so the first Shingu drawing that I did, I remember my then art dealer, Leslie Sachs, and Lee Spiro, Lee came over and saw it. He goes, this is phenomenal. I'm taking it to the to the framers now. And so he took it with him, rolled it up and took it with him to the framers. They had it framed. They put it in the front window of the gallery and it sold like within two days. And, and it was a godsend for me because I was in need of money and, you know, the economy had collapsed. So, and then I did a couple of more, but I never showed them again. Um, and I think I sold another one through a private dealer, but, um, and then I just, you know, is being reminded recently of the Google memory thing. I that popped that image popped up of that first one that I did, and I thought, oh, that's really nice. Because uh, sometimes I get these ideas, and the ideas are coming to me too quickly, and so I jump to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, thinking that I'll go back to that other idea when I have time. So when I had time was now, see, 2009, 2019, 24 years later, or 14 years later. <laughs> yeah, 14 years later. 
um, I'm now, I went back to it again. So, and I like the fluidity of that, of, you know, when I can kind of, and I do the same thing with the Still Point series. You know, I started in 2009, it went for two years, then I veered off and went other directions. And then um, I picked it back up again in 2016, 2017. Um, because I realized I have more to say. And and the same is, has been happening with these Shingus. But I'm actually curious to see if it's translatable into paint, oil paint. Okay. So yeah, we'll so, see. Okay. So you started in 2009. There's you, you worked on them. It was a painting. And then it went. Anyways, and you've revisited. I want people to know that these are 2023. These are done now. Yeah, and just now. Apart from using India ink over Sumi ink, um, what's changed? Hmm, what's changed? That's a good question. Besides me and the molecules in my body and the world and um, the social media and the COVID pandemic and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, the world has changed, immensely changed. And the body way has our body, my body has changed. You know, I'm older now, and I I get up in the morning and I feel it. Um, but I think that there's a certain, you know, I'm thinking about the other ones that I did in 2009, and these these are different now. They are a little more harmonious. Um, yeah, they feel a little more loose. Yeah, they're they're looser. They're more harmonious. They're not as quite as frantic as the earlier ones were, because I'm in a different place in my life now, mm -hmm. and um, you know I'm I'm a happy person now. And even though they're black and white, I'm still very very happy, and I have balance in my life now in a way that I probably have never had. Mm. Um, you know, and that's from that's my choice and that's from consciously being aware that every day you know it's important i go for a walk it's important that i eat the right foods it's important that i get enough sleep um it's important that i spend time in nature it's important i spend a certain amount of time in my studio so i try to keep a balance and i think that these pieces are more visually balanced mm -hmm. okay good i think We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how they look in the other in the other space. Yeah, because you know, right now in my studio they look balanced. Well, the floor is blue. We're not going to change that. Um, I I'm sure they'll look great. I mean, it it'll be really fun, um, figuring that out. And yeah, I hope so. And the three small ones, I actually made them on a light blue paper. Oh, okay. Um, and so they're going to go against that dark blue wall. And then I use a very light blue soft pastel so it disappears over the paper color. And so I was thinking about the installation of this, this work in that room. And, and all that was playing through my head. You know? So I'm excited to get them all down there and put them up next week and we'll see. Okay, good. Great. Hopefully it all works out. Yeah. Uh, don't, we, we don't know until we know. Yeah, yeah, but you know the 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 energy going forth is there, so you know we don't have to control every aspect. Nah, um, that's boring. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm not even sure how I'm even going to hang these things. They're not framed. I don't want them framed. I want the edges of paper to be seen. I want the vulnerability of the of the paper to be present. Yeah. You know, because there's a paper's vulnerable. Yeah. And and I want that to be part of the exhibition. Yeah. Well, that's that's part of the aspect that I wanted some plant life because I want that sense of yeah, fragment and vulnerability and just, you know, existence and this thing that is temporary, although, you know, it's archival. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah, it's got this yeah, vulnerability is the right word. I don't want to overuse it, but that's what I felt too. Um, is there anything else you want to say about this this exhibition and this work? Um, just I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking, I'm really excited to be in that room because you know Tony's putting that piano in the room. Yeah. And and so I said, well, you know, it's gonna be kind of tight space in here um you know how about people seeing the artwork and he says i want people to walk in while i'm playing and yeah. walk around me walk behind me you know so it's a um, it it you know usually like we sit at a distance from somebody who's performing like that well he doesn't want that he wants it all to be like this is one room and we're all here and the music and the art and the people and it's all one moment and yeah. it all gets experienced together. So I'm excited about that. And I'm interested to see how people react, you know, because I think subconsciously we're sort of trained to say, oh, you know, we got to have that three feet or we need six feet, you know, let the let the musician have their space. I It'll be interesting to see if people have the courage to walk behind him while he's playing. Yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. have I'm going to have to tell people like, just, just go in there and move around. And yeah. they're, they're going to be, I mean, the, the compositions that he's, we're not playing music to entertain people. We're making a statement. Tony wants to make a statement. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be some really exciting sounds coming out of that piano. I'm sure he'll Absolutely. have it open. Um, people just need to kind of get in there and, 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 and it's like being in the museum all night long and hmm. walking around and seeing the work. The piano will come in at, um, I think, 11 o'clock. Okay. The concert is at 2. Um, the piano will be removed probably, you know, Four an hour or two after that. And yeah. people can come back if they really yeah. want to. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. It's something I've never experienced um and i'm really excited to you know because he he heard my these works you know in his mind he was hearing certain songs certain tunes and um so i'm really interested to see the whole thing together and because i think you know i have the synthesia i think he has has it to a certain extent as well and and so he understands me in that sense that you know I hear my pieces, but I'm not I don't hear them as necessarily a song, or even a sound. It's something that's within me. Mm -hmm. That it, again, it's sensorial. You know, it's a sensation that I'm having. And then you know, if asked what what note is that, I can tell you. 
but I have to, I have to be still and think about it for a second. Um, and then once I say it, you know, like I was saying a week ago, he just sat down and started composing on the piano based on the notes that I gave him. And that was so amazing, you know, cause I didn't, nobody had ever asked me what that deep blue, what color do you, what color is that to you? Nobody's ever asked me that. And I just, Luckily, I was able to completely get out of my own way mm -hmm. and allow the sensorial sensation to come up. And what popped in my, my head was F major. Mm -hmm. And and it felt right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I don't, for me, this is never, it's never like, oh, this is a dead end or this is the end of this thing. Every thought leads to another thought. Every every performance leads to another performance. Every painting and every drawing leads to another one. And it's an ongoing dialogue within myself and hopefully with an audience. And now, you know, also with Tony, mm -hmm. as we kind of, without the use of words, we're communicating back and forth. Right, right. Are, are you Are you kind of, interested to see what the audience is going to do with i mean you said you said like i'm curious if they're really going to have the courage to walk in there but i think some of the people we know um will do that and i think that they will come out and go that was a really profound experience yeah i hope so you know because i what's that's the point of what we're why we're doing all this you know is to is to go beyond our normal everyday lives and and experience something that makes us stop and wonder and and say you know i just i just felt something mm -hmm. i just heard something it made me feel a different way mm -hmm. and you know and that's that's the act of being human mm -hmm. right that's why we have these five senses that's why we have this as descartes said you know i think therefore i am mm -hmm. so we have a consciousness that allows us to be aware of our own mortality yeah that's that's the uh, yeah that's the other thing the plant life I, i'm hoping it's it's gonna smell like the ranch <laughs> we'll see yeah. yeah we'll see yeah it's a beautiful uh uh piece and I, i'm gonna have to cut it down because it's quite big what snapped off um you know i don't want to take up the whole room but um but it's really it has a certain elegance to it and again the limbs are charred from the lightning that hit it um, and so they're, they're fragile, you know, and they look like they could, and they're dry. They're very, very dry and brittle now. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, well, thank okay. you for, for revisiting this and, um, we're going to share this with people and they'll, they'll listen in before they come to the experience on Saturday. Um, February 18th from 12 to 4, the concert is at 2. And join us for um, Shanga Fog Shingu. Yes, please come. I think it's it's a worthwhile thing to do with your afternoon and to get to experience also Tony playing the piano and his his talent and his genius. It's, I'm, I'm hoping for, um, I think it will be very elevating. Mm -hmm. the, yes. The last, okay, the last thing I want to say, the very last thing now, is that 
this ex this installation is at is in Hollywood. It's at ten twenty eight Northwestern Avenue, um, nine zero zero two nine, basically East Hollywood. They call it now. This is an enclave that you've been here for thirty years. Yep. And I think that's exciting too. You know what we're bringing to this this courtyard consisting of yeah yeah you know I've, over the years 30 years i've let starters come and go and when i first moved there i was the only person living there um and there was a couple of other artists uh, what not even artists arnold was there with his bookstore a couple of people were using storage spaces and then that was it and so i was there for i think a year and a half two years before anybody else moved in mm -hmm. um and you know, it was not an easy neighborhood, um, and there was a lot of gang violence back in the day, and I had to really keep my wits about me. And then over the years, I've watched it change. I've watched the neighborhood change, and it gets better, and it gets worse, and it gets better, and it gets worse. Artists come and go. Um, I can't tell you how many different artists I've seen you know, rent a studio and Maybe they, they're good for a year. Maybe they're good for five years. Maybe they're good for 10 years. And then, you know, the art world is not an easy place to navigate. And uh, coupled with L.A. and coupled with East Hollywood and, you know, it gets to the point where it's like, mm, you know, maybe it's time to just give up on this idea and just have a regular job. And that, you know, that, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. So it's, you know, now there's a new a new energy there again. Um, you know, and people that are that are up for these things, and yes, my dog just jumped on my couch with me. Um, and it's um, you know, it's a good energy. I like it. I like it, and it's um, yeah, it just it is what it is right now, you know. And we'll... yeah, but what I'm saying is, is we're we are creating something unique in this courtyard that has not seen something like this. No, it hasn't. Not not in the years. I mean, I you know, this is an open studio, and I think the first time I I threw an open studio was back in oh boy, nineteen ninety two or three or something. And no, I'm, I, actually no, I'm taking that back. Ninety four, I think it was, and everybody invited somebody, and all the studios were open. And next thing you know, we had. The courtyard was packed, packed, and you couldn't even walk. Um, and it's like, whoa, I didn't expect this, you know, and it was a scene. And then we did another one, and it was packed. And then from there, I ended up sort of expanding on that idea of community, and I moved it to downtown with Pharmaca, you know, and had a space, a brick-and-mortar space, and we had these monthly shows, and, you know. Mm -hmm. when the economy collapsed and then that was that then i went back to full-time on western avenue um so it's just you know it's it's been an important place for me and it still is and um it's it's all good all right <laughs> all right well thank you and uh, you're welcome look forward to everybody seeing seeing them next week yes next week 18th from noon to four come for the music at two i would suggest arriving at 1 30 yeah um and um it, i think it's going to be a really amazing experience i'm looking forward to it me too okay
Until then. Until then. All right. Ciao. Ciao.